0: Chapter 16, The Reunion. The Sugar Hill class of 79 had a few eager beavers who decided it was time for a 20th class reunion. I didn't particularly feel the need, but it would be good to catch up with folks. I've been gone 20 years from Sugar Hill, four at Auburn and 16 in Montgomery. It was time to touch base. I arrived at the homecoming party about 20 minutes before it was to officially start. A smiling, enthusiastic crowd was already gathering. Lots of eager handshakes, big smiles, and repeated acclamation were ringing out around the room of, "'Haven't seen you in ages!' or, "'Wonderful to see you, Mike! You haven't changed a bit!' This cacophony was starting to swell. Partygoers were holding glasses of various kinds of liquids, and trays of finger-foods were steadily making the rounds. Almost immediately, I had stumbled into Ralph Jimerson. He owned a fertilizer company in southern Tennessee and was gushing about how great he was doing. Good for him. Emma Saunders interrupted just as Ralph was starting to divulge last fiscal year's financials. Aren't you Joe Billy Thompson? I was wondering if I'd see you here. We talked about her marriage, or more accurately, marriages, and heard all about the splash she was making in New York City in the advertising business. She was so excited about her move from Alabama to the capital of the universe, I thought she was going to explode. And then Sidney Robinson came up, already having enjoyed more than one of the free-flowing beverages, and told of his stellar career in the United States Army, including details of the Bronze Star he had earned for something somewhere, the details of which came by me in a hurry, and I didn't stop him for a clarifying rerun. I listened, nodded, sipped on a Diet Coke, and kept moving through the crowd. I realized I needed to get properly registered, so I headed across the room to the check-in line. While making small talk with a couple of folks in line, my right facial cheek was decisively grabbed and pinched by an unseen hand moving in across my shoulder. The voice behind this intrusion cackled, Why, Joe Billy, you're just as gorgeous as you ever were. I wheeled around to see the female who was making this loud proclamation and personal space invasion. As I glimpsed her face, I was instantly struck by the numbing realization that I had no idea who she was. Her announcement communicated that she knew me, and of course, in turn, I should know who she was. I'm sure I showed a slight blush, the kind you get when you realize that you're unprepared mentally and caught off guard. We must have been big buddies at one time, right? She treated me like a long-lost dreamboat. It was a small senior class. Surely I knew everyone. It took a moment to take in her appearance. I instantaneously deduced that she was a woman who had been worked on. Her hair was a glistening blonde, white mix, presumably helped by chemicals, and cut to a fashionable length off her shoulders. Her skin was smooth and cheekbones high, probably the result of at least a minor lift. Her teeth were noticeably white. Her chest was hard to miss. She pointedly protruded in fine fashion. Near the top was a scrawled name tag that I impulsively glanced at, which read, Mary Jo. I blinked. The only Mary Jo I remembered in our class was a Mary Jo Hamilton. But she didn't look like this. Mary Jo Hamilton, class of 79, was quite homely, reserved, almost frowny. There had been nothing outstanding about her physical features. She certainly wasn't the vivacious wonder woman grabbing my cheek, squealing and moving into position to confront me with her gushing aura. She got distracted with the next alum coming to the registration table, once again squealing and proclaiming, and I was able to escape. The dilemma of the reunion was firmly upon me, demonstrated in this one example that was surely to be repeated multiple times before the night was over. Who are these people? As the party wore on, news got around that Mary Jo was quite the champion. People couldn't help but talk about her wondering who she was and trying to imagine how the Mary Joe Hamilton we all knew was this loud, outgoing, formidable female force. She had married early and moved to Macon, Georgia, where she lived on an extensive and major dairy farm with a regally named Augustus Beauregard A.B. Moore, who was some manner of banking tycoon in central Georgia, 15 years her senior. I doubt she did the milking. They had no children. We learned that she was the state tennis champ for ladies over 35. She had hiked the entire Appalachian Trail and run two triathlons and hoped to compete one day in the Kona, Hawaii event. Mary Jo and A.B. reportedly owned an island in the Caribbean, but I wasn't sure how that would be verified. And... A.B. gave $1 million per year to the University of Alabama Athletic Department preferenced for the football program. As A.B. put it, in case they might need something extra, it's the least he could do, he said, as a graduate of the National Championship class of 1965. Presumably because of her husband's extensive focus on his occupational ventures, and with time on her hands, she had earned multiple degrees after attending three different colleges and even became an adjunct faculty member at Bibb County Community College in Macon, teaching fashion merchandising. She was, in a word, something. And that word was spreading. As the night developed, another tidbit about Mary Jo became evident. She loved to swim in alcoholic beverages. Her consumption of any and all manner of drink didn't seem to slow her down, but she did noticeably laugh more, dance the cha-cha with anyone who would join her, and basically command attention. I noticed classmates staring, whispering, openly pointing, trying to discern who in the world was this. Amazingly, some thought she was an interloper. We all knew about wedding crashers. Was Mary Joe, a reunion crasher? Had she found a class yearbook, picked out a name either at random and hoped they wouldn't show up, or more probably worked some kind of network to find out who wouldn't be there and then impersonate them? Well, maybe she really was Mary Jo Hamilton who had flowered, blossomed, and was now spreading her effusive pollen all over the amazed crowd, casting a spell on all who were in her wake. She came back to me twice. First time, she was bubbling, overjoyed with herself. She announced to me in a moderately slurring voice, giggling as she went, I just went up to Petey Smith. I adored him in the summer of 1977. Had the biggest crush on him, and he knew it. I could hardly sleep at night. Anyway, I got right in his face, and he didn't even know who I was. (laughs) My internal response was, Shocker. As the party was winding down, she cycled back to me one more time. I thought I was safe, occupying space on the perimeter of the main room with Monroe Henderson, a football teammate who played briefly at Auburn before getting dismissed from the team for what was commonly called personal reasons. Monroe's story of removal had never been publicly known, and I wasn't interested in finding out more. Did it really matter now? As he chattered, he moved his life story timeline to a lamentation about his blown kneecap suffered in his adult basketball league. Not very exciting conversation, but at least I was occupied, staying sober and safe, and thankful that time was expiring. Then, without warning, she interrupted. Mary Jo grabbed me by the arm and dragged me away from Monroe a step or two. She got right to the point. She narrowed her eyes, noticeably raised her upper body, flicked the wisp of blundish out of a bottle hair from her face, lowered her voice and purred. What are you doing after the party, Joe Billy? Dying to hear more about you. I was thinking. Choosing her words deliberately in her breathy voice. We could, you know, go find a place to talk and catch up a bit. You know what I mean? Without hesitation, I looked her right in the eyes and replied, "'What am I doing after the party?' "'Something else.' At this, she threw back her head, howled with laughter, and shouted across the room, "'Hey, Sarah Jane, you won't believe it. I just asked Joe Billy what he's doing after the party, and you know what he said?' "'Something else.' She turned back to me and pinched me for the second time on the cheek while I stood there taking it without flinching. She poured it on thicker. Joe Billy, you are not only cute, 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 you are so funny. How in the world have you ever escaped getting married? I wasn't even tempted to tell her about Susan B. Anthony. That would not be a fruitful conversational point. I was mostly interested in ending this encounter and getting out of sight from her. So I simply said, I'm Just lucky, I guess. Just lucky? Well, Joe Belly, you better watch yourself, boy, because I predict that your luck is going to run out and run out soon, and you are so funny. Then Mary Joe triumphantly raised her glass to the sky and shouted, Bartender! I'll have another.